a radio doctor. Hey everybody, my name is Therese Paler. This is the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. So hey, it is what it is. Now, here are your hosts, show, Vern, and Yahoo NFL writer, Therese Paler. That's right, we are live. I got a little talk back here for me, if you can fix that back there. As the Therese Paler Show goes, on the road to Twin Peaks here in Independence. And, uh, Therese, this could get dangerous. There's no Vern. <laughs> There's no Vern There's here no Vern to get in between this. So um, this thing's probably going to go off the rails. Yeah. So uh, get ready for this. Um, as we know, this is the Therese Paler Show. I'm Ron the Show Hughley. Uh, we'll be here until 7 o'clock. There's a lot to get into, Therese. There's a lot here. <laughs> I've been seeing you. Didn't you've been writing already? And let's jump right into this, Therese, because you 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 said there's more than uh, about Mahomes than just the stats, the stats and the touchdowns yeah. and the amazing throws and and craziness. You didn't compare this man to John Wick. He's John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, don't you? I did. That's I good because it's true. You can't be. A red-blooded American male who loves the John Wick movie series, who also happens to live in Kansas City or watch the Chiefs, and like not realize that for Kansas City Chiefs fans, Patrick Mahomes is literally the Baba Yaga. He oh is. He is the boogeyman to the boogeyman. That's right. Go and ahead. And for Kansas City Chiefs fans, the boogeyman is every last one of your playoff failures yeah. that have been busting you up for forty plus years. But guess what? Just like the Cubs needed their boogie, their Baba Yaga, Theo Epstein. Just like the Red Sox needed their Baba Yaga with the 4 team with the band of idiots. I think the Chiefs have their Baba Yaga. It's Patrick Mahomes. And with every ridiculous off-balance sidearm bullet is not much different than John Wick killing guys in rafters and, and, and murdering people in multiple ways. Very entertaining. Oh, with a pencil, by the way. It's very similar. So I, I just look, Mahomes is doing it in ways that we haven't seen in a long time. And, it, hey, look, he's killing opponents like John Wick does. You got to love it. Because people would think that's the easy way to go about it, thinking about all these throws. But it's it's more of a, a, belief. Way, a way of feeling and belief. I said this to the mayor. We had him on a couple weeks on the streetcar. And I said, man, this guy, I've never seen anybody who can probably in this city make people just do I bet he can get up there and make people vote for stuff. <laughs> like, I just think, I'm with you. It's more than just. It's way more yeah, than it, just it, that. It is. And it I is. needed that comparison to explain to people outside of this city why Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. It goes beyond the stats. And by the way, the stats speak for themselves. You know, this guy's on pace to throw 52, 53 touchdowns. You know what that's on pace with? Dan Marino's rookie season. When Dan Marino threw 53 touchdowns or whatever he did. In 1983, that's crazy. And he was the MVP that year. You know, it. at the end of the day, you can't have a player with this kind of season and not show him the respect for it, okay? I know Drew Brees is having a season, but what Mahomes has done in lifting this offense to a completely different level, I mean, Ron, one thing I didn't mention, somehow Mahomes is so great, he has helped spare you guys the annual out-of-nowhere December loss which has become a Kansas City tradition since Andy Reid got you here. You mean the Andy Reid can't scheme <laughs> you through things once people Andy, have tape? 
And you saw yesterday it, uh, several plays that weren't schemed. I used to call it the Andy Reid special. Nah, that was the Alex Smith special. And, you know, Mahomes was just pulling stuff out the air, baby. And that's a that's a rare weapon. There are a lot of teams that wish they hadn't passed on that, man. So you so let's jump into this. We're going to get to this, but let's do it right now. So you think the MVP is over? Like you think, maybe not over, but you think it should be. I believe Pat should be the MVP because I think he's been the best player. But I think for voters, I think there's a, a bit of a Kobe Lifetime Achievement Award thing with Drew Brees. But Hunt being off the team now and Sammy Watkins, Tenderfoot being hurt, and then now you have Hill who wasn't completely himself. I think those are things that helps it, that actually helps his cause in terms of winning the MVP because so many people have I don't know it's just they just accused assumed, him yeah. accused him of just having the weapons. Oh, look at his scheme! Look at the weapons! Right. Well, okay. Well, now you get to see what he's working with, basically what Drew Brees has, right? Because if if Ty is a little banged up, that's, I'd he, say worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I'd say Michael worse Thomas than is, That's a good point. Yeah, if if Ty is banged up, you know. Now it's basically tie, a banged-up tie in Kelsey. Yeah, there was those no Kamaras out there. Right. Those are the the elite weapons you have. And, like, I think we see now, like, the running game, like, the, you're not going to get that dynamism back during this season. Like, you're not going to, like, replace that, right? So, yeah, I mean, you're going to get a chance to see what Patrick Mahomes can do with a, with a sporting cast that wasn't what it used to be. And I, I think what's potentially special about it is that you guys have dealt with the distraction of distractions in the Kareem Hunt saga. They did not lose. It continued last week. They still did not lose. This is a big game on Thursday night. If the Chiefs can find a way to beat the Chargers, who I think, based on what you just said, it sounds like you would agree, Phillip Rivers' supporting cast is better than Patrick Mahomes' right now. Especially if he has Gordon. Especially if he has Gordon. But maybe even if he doesn't have Gordon. Because their trio of receivers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, it's really, really strong. Ecker went down a little bit too yesterday. and, And you know what? Yeah, the, the 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 running back Eckler is an awesome like receiver out of the backfield. So, I think if the Chiefs find a way to win this game too, it's gonna be because of Mahomes win John Wick on people, and you hate it if you're facing them, which Chiefs fans know because you had to watch John Elway for 15 years. Peyton, right? And yeah. Peyton too. But you know, uh, when he's on your side, I mean, I, there's nothing more fun to watch as a football fan than that. All right, let's get into. The big moment. Uh, you'd be surprised. We have been getting crushed, myself and Vern, really? today. You, you may not be on our side. Apparently, I, I could. So the one of the biggest plays yesterday. I think there were two plays. The fourth and nine play was absolutely that was nuts, absurd. Um, but needed. That that was needed. The no look pass. <laughs> that was that was like Steph Curry. You could see Steph Curry on display in him yesterday, just making plays that you wouldn't teach anybody else to make, but making plays because he can. The no-look pass, here's been, here's been our, our stance on that. Um, I thought it was an amazing play, a great play. I think it's a play that's not needed. I, I think it's a play that, that brings in danger that doesn't need to be. Like, I think he can look off receivers and then look and throw it at him. I, I, I just – I'll get your thoughts on it. That was a big talking point out of the game. and I, I, I don't think that we should worry about it until it results in a pick. Like, I think that in, in general, for whatever reason, he's got an unbelievable comfort with it and he's accurate with it. And 
he hasn't made like a bad decision kind of doing it yet. So I think until then, and you know what? Even when he does throw an interception doing it, you can't like mess with a guy's kind of natural swagger and flair too much. You want to leave that alone um, because his entire toolbox is so rare. We're not going to get into like having him tamp down his creativity because that's one of his greatest strengths. Um, so I'm actually with the listeners. Like in the incident he threw, Until it, he it probably wasn't. But in the incident he threw Sunday, it probably wasn't needed. But, you know, it was fun. Like, football's supposed to be fun. And if that's the thing that gets his teammates energized, if that's the thing that gets people talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, if that's the thing that gets people buying his jerseys and bringing more money to the organization and up in his own brand, it makes sense to do it. Until he throws a pick is what she's well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean <laughs> until he, until he throws – even when he throws the interception, like, you can criticize him for it, but I wouldn't, like, tell him to stop. I, I'm with you. I don't want to tamper his or bring down his creativity. I'm totally with you. The fourth and nine, help. the one that people aren't talking about that didn't count because they accepted the penalty, the 17-yard throw he threw to, to Kelsey was psychotic. What I'm just saying is that is just, like, that's not just him. Like, the, the receiver, the, it could pop off his hands because mm-hmm. he's not expecting it. And I just, I just feel like... If that's gonna if that's gonna bring down his creativity, him having to look every time he throws a pass, uh, then 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 I, I don't think that should be the case. No, no, no. I I think I think sometimes when you take a tool out of a guy's kind of like skill set, like it, it potentially like hampers the overall. And I I wouldn't I wouldn't say hey don't do that anymore unless it's like just a cluster of no look interceptions. Then it's like, hey, you know, maybe oh, two or three. Uh, yeah, but let, but let's get the cluster first. Until then, it's been nothing but fun, and it's been nothing but effective. And apparently, I mean, I wrote this. I was the first one to write that he did the no-looks passes um, right before his his uh, first start last year in December against the Broncos. Like, I was talking to guys on the scout team, and they're like, yeah, this guy throws no-look passes all the time. And I'm like, what? Was he I, doing it in games? He was that, doing that was it the in first practices. I know he's doing it in the practices. Defense. And you know what? Talk I about hadn't Cliff, seen him doing it in games. Cliff Kingsbury said that he had. And, okay, um, in college. Yeah. And one of his greatest throws was kind of like that too in college. It's just it's what a, it's 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 a natural trait that is just a lot of fun and it's effective and you know I, I don't see a reason. I, or at least I certainly haven't seen one yet to get him to stop. I guess. Uh, before we uh, before we get out of here, we we'll take a quick break. Did you see any difference with Kareem? Or they had a full week to um, uh, yeah. to get to get Spencer in. You didn't see any major difference. Yeah, the with? running game's not as dynamic. It's just okay. it's not going to be dynamic. It's not. I mean, you you're taking away like an elite make you miss all guy. pro. Yeah, but he's like an elite make you miss guy, a guy who you know. In running backs, the number one trait you look for is the ability to, like, make a guy miss, either through power or through elusiveness. Kareem can do both. both. So they've got a bunch of guys on their offense that can do a little, a little bit of what he does, but they don't have anybody that can do everything he does. And when you can't do everything he did, defenses can kind of scheme stuff because mm. they know what the strengths of the back is. With Kareem, there could be a lot of things coming, inside zone, outside zone. Uh, screen pass, lining him up as a swing receiver. Like, there's a lot of stuff you had to account for, power stuff, gap stuff. And, by the way, maybe you can know it's coming, but he might get a little dipsy-doo make you miss. Yeah. They don't have anybody that can give you a bit of all that. Now, Spencer Ware, very solid in pass protection, 
a good receiver out of the backfield. You're not worried about the big run. You, you know, that's that's thing. You ain't got to worry about it. Like, you, you might not. You might go with an even count box against Spencer Ware. Because as he opposed doesn't have the explosion. You might feel comfortable doing that. Or, you know, one of these other – or Damian Williams, who I actually like, but he's still kind of the same thing. Um, it, it, it definitely hurts the offense. It's definitely like taking Emmitt Smith off the early, the early 90s Whoa. Cowboys. Like, it, it's not like – here's the thing. They're going to be fine because Andy's done this before. But as far as, like, being at the kind of elite level they were – you can't just replace an all-pro type guy like that and just expect, eh, we'll be fine. Like, you need to hope that somehow Daryl Williams has can replace some of that dynamism. I'm sure Kendrick West can find a way to do it. But if you can't replace it, the offense isn't going to be as good. The, but the thing is, like, they'll still score a lot of points because 15. So I, but not as many as they otherwise would. All right, we're going to take a quick break, get to this defense. Uh, my mama today said, Bob had it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, you got to own that. Uh, the hell I do. <laughs> <laughs> the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, welcome back in. We are live at Twin Peaks the Therese Paler Show, and before we get back to the Chiefs, breaking here from Bruce Feldman, a great uh, college football writer, K-State is expected to offer North Dakota State's Chris Kleinman the head coaching job tonight. Uh, all indications point to him accepting the job. Um, he was 67-6 and six at North Dakota State and has won three national championships at that level. Did you just laugh? I'm laughing at this throw. Oh, okay. I'm about to say, I was laughing at Chris Klein. I was going to say. <laughs> they were about to get mad. They were like, what? What are you talking about, Chris Kleinman? All right. So, yeah. So, let's get to the defense because that's a, that's a mixed bag to me. I mean, you almost gave up 200 yards rushing, and it feels like, like if Lamar could just complete some of those balls that he was throwing into mm -hmm. the ground, you might have been in some trouble. But – Justin Houston, highest paid player on this team that has been criticized, and I think fairly um, and unfairly, a lot of it is injuries, came up with a big-time play, came up with a game-changing play, or I like to call cat daddy play. Um, is, is that something that you can look forward to from 50? I, I, I want to – you know what you can look forward to from 50? What you've seen him last – do the last 14 weeks. I mean, that his his resume over the last 14 weeks. This is this is the player he is. He's not 2014 Justin Houston. Like you're not getting that anymore. Like that's that's gone. What what you do have is a player that's good against the run, who will you know, on on certain occasions flash as a pass rusher with some power. Right. He does have that in his body. He can give that to you, and um, you know every once in a while he'll give you a little a little speed too. Um, look, the, the best pass rusher on this team right now is D Ford. And Chris, Chris Jones is second. But as far as, like, a pass rushing threat goes, like, D Ford and Justin Houston, that's pretty solid. Like, you'll take that. Uh, now, is that going to be good enough for him to keep that massive salary next year? Like, probably not. But um, you never know. Guys put turning on in the playoffs. They turn it on down the stretch. 
I just I think if you got to predict future behavior, like the best thing to assume is that he's going to look like he has the last 14 weeks. You think he could have a performance, a type of performance the rest of the way that could get him to play next year on that contract? I mean, he'd have to turn into D Ford. Yeah, <laughs> he'd have to turn into D Ford for them to even yeah. consider that. I would think so. I mean, I'm sure they're going to try to get him to change the numbers and change the money. He's got a very good agent, though, and you know he's a, he's got an agent that doesn't get punked very often or really at all. So, you know, if they tell him, "Hey, we need you to take a cut," he might say, "Yeah, release me." Watch him get paid, and he's probably right. Uh, I've been very hard on Bob Sutton, which I think most people in this city have been. My guy sitting in front of me right now before the show started just said, I can't stand Bob Sutton every week. I can't stand Bob Sutton. But I do think you should give him credit where it's due. Mm -hmm. And that play right there was some creativity. He had lined up several guys on that side, including Dan Sorensen, and sent a confusing blitz, which you could see confused the left side of the Baltimore offensive line, which helped Justin Houston get open so i gotta give credit to bob and i know the football geek in you watches that play and sees what bob did to confuse them you know bob sutton yeah i mean every once in a while bob is just throw something out there all right okay bob yeah i see you now uh let's keep seeing it week after week you know i'm still uh, (laughs) still worse in the league against the run still 25th against the pass like hey you know you got this great pass rush but you know, you're giving up a lot of yards, man. Um, I know that's not the end-all, be-all as far as, like, d- d- defensive evaluation anymore, but you still don't want to be giving up just a whole racks of yards. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Uh, and, I, I, and, look, i say this. As long as the pass rush is on point, they'll have an opportunity to win games. Um, I would be terrified if I were a Chiefs fan that any injury involving D – Chris Jones or Justin Houston, because that, that could be enough to make this defense uh, pretty much pretty much a, a completely leaky, a completely leaky, you know, uh, faucet. Like, it, that'd be pretty hard to stop. Speaking of injury, Tyreek Hill, uh, the uh, latest. You have anything on the latest you've been hearing about Tyreek Hill? I mean, they're saying it's, you know, day-to-day. I know Ty oh, said it was bad, you know, so – He's a tough guy, though, man. To be 5'9", 185, he's a tough dude, man. It wouldn't surprise me if he played. We can have a pretty good discussion about, depending on the severity of it, if he should play. Because I think we got, you know, I think I think it's pretty clear, like, they need that guy in January all the way, especially if Kareem's not here, which he won't. He's not, obviously. So um, it's a big game. It's a big game. And if I know Tyreek, he's going to play through whatever it is. But boy if he ends up getting hurt because he plays man, yeah. people are gonna be really mad and they should be yeah. so you so you think there is a real thought to entertain for him not to play in this game i mean you do like even if you lose the game you you are still in the lead in the yeah. division with the tiebreaker yeah um you know i, I think it's something you got to think about the problem is i don't have the medical right i just know what yeah. Schefter said but what Schefter said was day-to-day Eric Berry was day to day. I just I don't know, <laughs> I don't know Still what that is. really I don't know what that really means. So, you know I, I think, I think they better make sure whatever they, choice they choose, they better make sure that number ten is going to be as healthy as possible in early January because they're going to need him every step of the way. Well, let's get in uh, and let's get let's dive in deeper in that because I think that Mahomes is the most um, important person because 
as you talked about early, there's more than on the field quality. There's a belief that he gives uh, the fans and, and, and generations. But I think on the field, I think there is an argument that Ty is as important as he is because when he when he wasn't right, there was a point in the third quarter where he was clearly hobbled. The Ravens could change completely yeah, how they Kelsey defended. The, yes, they just Kelsey shut Kelsey down where they could <laughs> – they could cover, go ahead of that because I that sh- it almost yeah, made Mahomes look more. Yeah, that's a problem. If if you don't have to worry about Tyree Hill, now Travis Kelsey sees double coverage in every passing situation, and you can play man on the outside and say, okay, Demarcus Robinson and Chris Conley beat us, and maybe Mahomes can beat you with you know the arm, but that's asking a lot. I mean, I mean because. Along with setting pressure. The problem is, like, Conley doesn't create a ton of separation in his routes, even though he knows what he's doing, which is good. So he's not going to have a blown assignment. Uh, Robinson might, you know, (laughs) as far as, like, when it comes to, like, taking to the offense and it comes to, like, fully knowing, like, the whole thing, like what you're doing, making side adjustments and stuff, that's been a process for him. So I think, you know, that that, that could potentially limit some of your dynamism. I mean, it will. This is – It'll limit your dynamism if Ty's not out there. You know, we're at the point now where with Kareem Hunt gone, like, they can't, like, afford another injury and, and Watkins out for a yeah. little while. Like, they, they cannot afford another one because at that point, it's going to be hard sledding. It's going to be tough moving the football. Because you just take away Kelsey. Yeah. Just like say, they did. Double, <laughs> double coverage. <laughs> double, yeah. Side adjustments are hard. Those side adjustments. Those side adjustments for DeMarcus, no. not just DeMarcus, can be difficult. Side adjustments are a thing. Yeah, yeah I, I, because the, the play that blew it for me that I thought we would never see in a game that Tyreek Hill was involved in is they just had everyone at the line of scrimmage when Tyreek Hill was lined up as an outside receiver, no help in the center, no help in the middle of the field, and they just said, we believe that our corner can run with Tyreek the way he's running right now. And that to me, like if, if there if you didn't if you didn't think that he meant as much to that offense, look first half what happened with Kelsey, second half what happened with Kelsey when he was when he was injured. So I mean that yeah, I'm I I think there's an argument that he's as important as fifteen. Man, it's crazy how <laughs> extending the John Wick comparison a little bit, like Watching Patrick Mahomes, like, lose his weapons is like watching Wick's dog get shot, you know. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, he kills his dog, and he's like, okay, now I got to go to the basement now. Like, I, I say this, man, this is unfortunate because this was a team that you could legitimately make greatest show on turf comparisons to. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did it, and I talked to Dick Vermeil, and I talked to Al Saunders. And, like, they didn't hate it. Like, it was just like, ah, I'm flattered. Like, it's like, really? Like, we talked to Brian Bilk last yeah. week. He said it. there was some Viking reminders yeah. to the 98. These are generational offenses, and it's just kind of stunk to see, you know, see the Vikings lose Robert Smith or the Rams lose Marshall Falk. Like, that's what happened with Kareem Hunt. And, you know, he shouldn't have put himself in that position. Um, but as a Chiefs fan, just from a football standpoint, that that's unfortunate because you had a chance to watch – some special stuff, and it can still be special, but it's getting harder. Like, now they got to – by the way, now you got to invest a draft pick in a running back in the top three rounds. You got to take one of your, you know, four top 100 picks and use that on a running back now. You didn't have to do that before. 
and then you got to coach the guy up. You got to make sure you hit on that pick. I mean, this had this has a whole lot of problems just to the fact that he didn't handle it right. Like it really is unfortunate in many ways, not just on the field but off the field too. All right, you are. Uh, we are live here at Twin Peaks and in Independence. Uh, let's step away for a second. Let's go around the NFL. There was a lot of crazy stuff that happened yesterday. Uh, maybe one of the best regular season weeks in the NFL in a long time. Let's uh, let's get Therese's thoughts on that coming up next. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, welcome back in. We are live at Twin Peaks. Don't get afraid, baby. Hopefully you get some uh, some good food. Get you some of them wings, them smoke wings, I'm telling you. Oh, that's the truth. Right Touch there. my heart and soul. Um, and, you know, I get sidetracked when I get to talking about food. That's why, all right, Burns not here. I got to pull it together. Uh, we're back live at Twin <laughs> Peaks here in Independence. This is the Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light. Therese is here. Uh, remember, here in about 10 to 12 minutes, text in to the um, Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line. Your, your chance to take on Therese, whatever questions you want to ask Therese. Let's go around the league, Therese. Um, I got to come off of this. I felt like the, the, the Chiefs, when they play the upper echelon teams, that they, they damn near got to be perfect. I, I, I got to come off of that because everybody's making errors. Pittsburgh. Houston, and then yesterday, you tell me, I have never, ever seen the New England Patriots lose a game like that. And the I don't know which is worse, the Brady decision at the end of the half or the hook and ladder with Gronk, who looks like he can't move very well as the last. Like, that was crazy. Yeah, I mean, the ending of that was crazy, but just know, when we say, like, they got to be perfect, we mean they got to be perfect in January at New England. Okay, so you think you know, there is a okay. – Honestly, even – well, even if it's here, if they face the Patriots, they got to be perfect, whatever. Now, you know that team's different in January. They just are. Um, now, the Steelers, the, the Texans, on, there's some room for error there, okay? There's just a little room of error for those teams. Um, AFC's opened up a little bit. You know, I, I think that there's definitely a gap between the Chiefs and the Steelers. I do think there's a gap between the Chiefs and the Texans. Um, you know, the, the the Patriots, I know their record, but I'm telling you, man, you, you don't want to get into the habit of under, underestimating those cats. You, you better have some respect for Brady and Belichick no. and what they've done and know that when January comes, they will call their best stuff. Yeah, I, I just – I thought even more they had to be because of they're not whole. But, man, it's still, <laughs> everyone's – I mean, everyone's yeah. doing that. And I understand January is different, but – it seems like these teams yeah. are starting to set a trend. Yeah, it's still applied. No, but it just, I mean, this was week, what, 14? So, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, no team out there is perfect. Like, there's no dynasty. Yeah, they could sustain like, a, a pat pick. There's no, like, loaded. Yeah, 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 right, exactly. There's no, like, loaded, you know, again, early 90s Cowboys team out there. Like, there's, these teams all have flaws. You can get them. But um, there's no doubt that the Kareem Hunt, release and these little bouts of injuries to their offense it does make it harder it will make it harder if this stuff is lingering it just does because like we just discussed you you have you can play the Chiefs differently when they don't have their full complement of weapons and it's not enough for those guys to come back like they have to come back and be themselves 
So, like, just having a guy out there wearing 10 with Hill on the back of the jersey <laughs> doesn't, like, matter unless it's tied. Like, for real. Real tie. Like, real. And, like, have, same for Watkins. Just because it's number 14 and says Watkins, like, 75% Sammy Watkins doesn't help the Chiefs. Like, 90, 95% does. So, it's not just getting them in there and playing. It's getting them in there and playing like they are. Um, yesterday's performance, the Bears made uh, Jared Goff look like Jeff Fisher <laughs> Jared Goff. No. The Cowboys, the Cowboys. <laughs> the Cowboys, what they did uh, to the Saints last week. Even this Ravens team that we played played some serious championship level defense. Uh, the Bears was the absolute craziest last night. Do you think that these teams can win and get to the Super Bowl in this in this 2018 NFL playing that way? Ooh, the, who the Bears or the uh, any of these teams? The Bears, the Cowboys. Yeah. Like especially, I don't think the Ravens, the quarterback situation is awful. But those two teams, man, those performances they put up with. The reason the Rams got embarrassed like that was because it was 20 degrees in Chicago in December, and they okay. didn't feel like being there. You think that was it? A hundred percent. I think that, you know, I think that that team going into Chicago when it's cold against that defense is different. Well, guess what? The Saints and the Rams are going to have a top two seed, which means though if they meet the Bears again, it'll be either in a dome or to be in 75-degree weather. So I really wouldn't be worrying about the Bears if I got to face them in the divisional round beyond. But I do think the Bears can get to the divisional round. You know, I, I do think that's certainly a possibility. Um, obviously the Chiefs – I'm sorry. All, obviously the Saints can get to the Super Bowl. They have Drew Brees and, uh, and Sean Payton, who've already done it, right? I mean, Vane Goff, I mean, you asking – I mean, golf, it was very Joey Harrington-ish from that golf was yesterday. Awful. That was awful. Like, I know the Bears' defense is good. Like, the Bears' defense is good. They have a masterful play caller. Great. But, like, jo- Joey Golf can't be completing. <laughs> yeah, he can't be. It can't be 18 to 36 for four picks. You know, Todd Gurley, 28 yards. I, it was cold. He wouldn't repeat that. But that's a chink in their armor. Like, it is. Um, so, in an adverse situation, could Golf win in New Orleans? I don't know. Yeah, he played well in New yeah. Orleans the first just, game. Yeah, I mean, but you know, but I, but I think that you know, again, January is different. The AF, the NFC Championship game, there's a lot more pressure. Pressure. Yeah. It, it matters. It adds a component to it. It's just um, hard for me to see those teams that are, that are playing great defense win three games or two games in a row against the Rams and the Saints. It's hard for me to see the Cowboys and the Bears stopping oh, no. those teams oh, back-to-back weeks. Oh, yeah, like those teams aren't going to beat those guys. Like, yeah, it's going to be Rams-Saints. Yeah. It's going to be Rams-Saints for the NFC Championship, right? <laughs> Unless, like, somebody completely – it won't be the Saints. No. <laughs> Not with Peyton and Breeze on a bye at home in the Dome. So, I guess, I guess you're saying, okay, could the Bears beat – the Rams, yeah. I, I mean, conceivably, I think but I would never, I yeah. would never predict it. I would never predict that in the divisional round in Los Angeles. No, no way. Would you really pick Trubisky over, you know, Golf and McVay? I can't do it. No, maybe I, next year, but no. It, I it was a lot of with Alex. Like I could see maybe oh. Alex getting one well, team, but I couldn't see him beating the Steelers and Patriots. I will tell you this. Yeah, that, that was right, and I'll tell you this. I think the Seahawks are going to make the playoffs. Okay, now I, that's different. I think the Seahawks can go into Dallas and win, which they need to do in the wild card round. And the Seahawks have played the Rams very tough. 
I think the Seahawks could beat the Rams in the, divi in the divisional round. They could. Why? Let's look at it. Head coach Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, what have they done together? They've, already, it all. they've, they've already proven it. What else, did the Rams, what else did the Seahawks do? They run the football physically. So what does that do? Takes away Aaron Donald wrecking the pass game, right? A little bit. At least a little bit. And they run it, it on them. Right. They're running on you now. What else does that do? Take away Todd Gurley. Keep him off the field. They played those guys tough when they played. The Seahawks could go into that place and win. So you're saying could the Rams lose? Yeah. Yeah, I know I just double take there. But no, I the, the, the Rams could lose. And the Seahawks could be the team to do it. I do think the Saints would get in. Yeah. But, you know, maybe if they face the Seahawks. Who knows? I, I think – I think we kind of know what's going to happen in the NFC, but the Seahawks are a team that would scare me if I was fans of those teams. Oh, we were just talking about Alex Smith, and I did want to get to because I'm really interested hearing your thought on this. I feel like Dak Prescott is going through what Alex Smith did. When Alex Smith found Tyreek Hill last year, and when Tyreek was really a receiver and not a gadget guy his first year, when he found him, we looked at Alex Smith completely different. <laughs> Alex throws the ball down the field. Alex makes big plays. Dak Prescott found Amari Cooper, and he looks like a different person. Don't you just love it? Don't you remember we were talking about Amari Cooper? And I think, I think if we look, I think like you didn't put it this way. I wrote the column saying I like it for Dallas, and I was one of the few. And I don't think you mocked it. I don't think. No, I, I, I liked I, I think, it. I think you were with me on yeah, it. Yeah, I liked it. I think. It, it just made sense to me, right? It's not like they traded for 28-year-old Terrell Owens. They traded for 24-year-old Amari Cooper, who we know, living in Kansas City, can still play. He's been giving it to the Chiefs for a long time. You're in a bad situation in Oakland. You need to get paid. You got John Gruden. You're not his guy. Of course, like, it didn't work out. But if you're the, if you're the Cowboys, why wouldn't you make that trade for a player who's already proven, who's very talented, has an elite draft spot right he was an elite player and by the way he'll be playing for money and just it, he was in a situation where his talents weren't going to be fully used by the way if you if you didn't trade for cooper you'd be doing what be in drafting a receiver in or, the first round or in the free agency right well free agents a bad idea right drafting a receiver in the first round how often a rookie receiver is good not i mean it doesn't happen all that often it's hard and by the way this isn't a great receiver draft so to me, it just made sense. I'm like, hey, yeah. we can help Dak Prescott yeah. now. That's the guy you need to develop because they have to make a decision on him. You feel more comfortable with right. that decision you, now right. that you see what he has I mean, Dak Prescott weapon. completed 42 and 54 passes on Sunday. That wasn't happening before they got Amari oh, Cooper. No. It was like big plays. It like was like either. 14 or like 29. Like you know, Prescott as a passer. I mean, I feel like we kind of get spoiled by Mahomes a little bit because we watch him every week, and that's the standard now. You know, it's just kind of like, can you create in the pocket? Can you make plays when you shouldn't be able to? That's what a good quarterback looks like to me now. And, you know, you, you, you compare that to Prescott, who needs it schemed up for him, just like Alex. You know, I think the problem with those guys is that everything's got to be perfect. Like, the offensive line's got to be awesome. You better have some killer skill players, and your defense better be on point, too. The great thing about having one guy who's amazing and he's at the most position important on the field, it gives you way more room for error and everywhere else. The problem is getting that guy. Yeah. But it's something I think teams have to think about if they're about to commit a ton of money 
to that position to a guy who's a little more of a manager type. All right, we finished the Therese Paler show off by you having your chance to take on Therese. Text in, use Twitter at 610sports.com, the Protein House, eat with a purpose text line. Your chance to take on Therese next. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, welcome back in live. Final segment of the Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light. Remember, your time to text in at the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line 69306. Your chance to take on Therese. If you're missing the beautiful voice of Josh Vernier, he is out there handling his business, being a fantastic fiance. He'll be back next week. Um, the first one here, Therese, from the 785. We hear a lot about Eric Berry and when he's going to come back. What about LDT back from IR? Uh, Are we hearing anything to that? I think, you know, he'll be back. And I I think that that would be needed, too. Okay, that was was the second part of it. Because now we're at the point where, again, when you don't have these elite weapons, now you take whatever help you can get, right? So um, he's not great technically. But he is a nasty finisher, right? And he does have some attitude and play with an edge. That's a good thing. That'll help him. We'll take a little. It'll take a few games for him to get kind of in the swing of things. So I do think, you know, the sooner they can get him back, the better. I do think he'll be back. I do think that he'll help the offense a little bit, but not as much as like a healthy tie or a healthy Sammy. We talked about this a couple weeks here from the nine one three. We talked about this a couple weeks with Chris Jones and paying Chris Jones. The question is. Um, you would have to pay him big money, you know, with the amount of sex. Oh, yeah. Is this, is this the real him? Is this him, him being this dominant, or how much does this have to do with having 55 and 50? Yeah. So. And would you be able to sign him and keep them, or at least one of them? You know, it's tricky. You know, it's tricky. I think you'd have to decide yourself, do you want to pay D Ford in 2020, I, I think I think it's actually a pretty simple solution. Is just whether or not they can figure it out. So what I would do is franchise D Ford in 2019. I think D Ford's ready for that. I think he's mentally prepared for that. I think he'd play on the franchise tag. Okay, you got don't feel like stuff. this is a Le'Veon Bell situation. No, nah, I think he'd play on it. I think boom. So you got that part of it right. The next part is now we got to pay Ty or, or or Jones. To me, you just pay Ty and be done with yeah, it. Well, no, no, but 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 no, but like you have to do that because you know what he is. You know what Tyreek Hill is. I think we're still figuring out what Chris yeah. Jones is. I, if he's now that he's in an eleven sack season, he's probably going to ask for and eleven nine sack and, money. Yeah, nine, but, but nine I don't, straight games. But I don't know that that's necessarily what he is. He has to be more disciplined in his rush lanes. He's freelanced a lot of those sacks, and it, I mean it's great that you got the production, but it's still not necessarily within the scheme. So for me, pay Ty. So then after next season, hopefully he has another great season in 2019, then you can franchise him, you know? Yeah. And 2020, you'll be able to franchise him in 2020 because by then you would have made a decision on D Ford. Are you going to franchise him or are you going to pay him or are you going to trade him? You can make a decision. So I actually think there's like a path here to like paying these guys the right way while still getting their max productivity. That's how I would handle it. From the 816, we talked about this, uh, this game coming up Thursday. It's a huge game. Uh, can the Chargers duplicate the exotic defensive schemes that the Ravens were employing 
uh, in the game Sunday? Do they have that type of personnel? I'm doing the Shannon Sharp. You really are. Because, because that's not who they are. They're, they're not interested in that. Like, this is Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley's defense is a Seattle defense from so, 2004. Well, maybe explain what, what it was Baltimore did and what oh, – yeah, different. Yeah, look, <laughs> so Baltimore threw a lot of exotic blitzes, man coverages, zero coverages, like a lot of like, you know, you didn't necessarily know where it was coming from. Seattle doesn't really – I'm sorry, lost, the Chargers don't really roll like that. Like, you're going to know where they are. Mm -hmm. They're going to know where they are. They're going to be – they're going to be fundamentally sound. They're going to know their assignments in general. In general, they're going to know where they – because it's a simplistic scheme. They think their guys can line up and beat you running if you know what they're doing and vice versa. Okay. It's, it's just different. I, in, in some ways, the, the, the Ravens are more suited to give Pat more of a problem than the Chargers, even though I kind of like their defense. Um, they better protect the edges, though, because the way that that Chargers defense works is if you can't protect the edges with Mel Gordon and Joey Bosa. So you better protect the edges and you better protect Pat because if you can't do that, all of a sudden that simplistic scheme becomes a real problem. Okay. Um, I want to get to a couple more here on the text line, uh, the Benjamin stuff. We'll get to that in a second. But I have a personal one. I got a personal one. We'll get to Heavy K here in a second. I got a personal one. What did you – What? <laughs> <laughs> Heavy K. We'll get to him in a oh second. Oh, my gosh. Reggie McKenzie was just let go by the Raiders, and I saw you did a uh, – you you, uh, you were talking about him on, on one of your shows, I think, with Charles Robinson. I have many you do of so, them, yes. You do so many things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is all over the podcast. All over the place. There yeah, you go. Okay. You got to get that. Get that. Yeah. Is he, he – a lot of people, I'm not sure, maybe know how it was with the Raiders. Is he still extremely respected oh, around yeah. the league? and? Oh yeah. Could could Kansas City be a spot or or anything? You like know that? where he's going. I I feel like he's going somewhere where there are Packer people. Where's the Where's the foremost place with Packer people? Is he go? Is he? I mean, I'm thinking Cleveland. I'm thinking John Snyder in, in Seattle's a possibility. Yes, I'm sir. not sure. Yes, what, sir. Because yeah, like, there's already a belief in, around the league. I was talking to some people today. I mean, they had separate draft rooms like people are talking about around the league that Oakland had like separate draft oh rooms. like it wasn't like unified there it was a power grab by Gruden because Mark Davis gave it to him there wasn't like a unified draft board there wasn't like you know they, they've been gathering intel on prospects and stuff like separately like that's what people around the league are talking about obviously that's not Reggie McKenzie's fault that's the power structure that John that Mark Davis in, in, enabled by hiring John Gruden and giving him a 10-year contract. So Reggie's still highly respected. His last few drafts have been, uh, but he had a great 2014 draft. He is a respected evaluator of talent. He won't be out of work long. He's somebody that, in my opinion, is kind of a raw deal. Like, at the end of the day, the drafts recently haven't been great. However, I don't think they needed to hire John Gruden and tear this thing from the bottom down. You know, you didn't have to do all that. This was a team that won 12 games two years ago. Yeah, and you needed he drafted to fire, a lot of those guys and brought a lot of those guys in. You needed to fire Del Rio and hire a coach that could take you to the next level, but somebody that could work with Reggie to do it. That's what you needed to do. And instead, Mark Davis wanted a star. He wanted a, He got a star to help sell tickets in his new stadium. In his new but that's city. not fair to the people of Oakland, in my opinion. Um, that's not fair to a lot of those players who just with a few tweaks, that team could have won nine or ten games this year. 
You had, had you know, it, I don't think that all this was necessary. Like, I don't. And it's unfortunate, but that's business. John Gruden's going to be there a long time. The, the Vegas Raider fans will enjoy it in 2021. I feel bad for the people of Oakland. After watching uh, Sammy Watkins being out and seeing the passing game and seeing these guys from the A16, uh, what do you expect Kelvin Benjamin to look like, his role and his productivity? He's just shaking his head. I just, you know. Look, I watched the tape from that game against <laughs> Miami. Hell, it can't look good. How <laughs> could you tell? <laughs> look, I, I did. And that was the last game he played before he got cut. And, you know, it's not a whole – let's just say, like, the thing you look for when scouting receivers is, like, can they create separation hmm. within their routes? How much space is created when they put a little juke on you on the route? So one of the reasons I still like Amari Cooper is that on, like, slant balls – Slanting goals, you know, those kind of things. Sammy, Amari Cooper, with the Raiders, still created, like, a lot of separation from corners. <laughs> Feel like you can fix the drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can tell you this. There wasn't a whole lot of separation being created with Kelvin Benjamin. Not a, not a drop. And, and there, were, there were drops, too. And, uh, you know, it's just it's kind of it's kind of difficult to imagine, you know, that changing here. But I will say this. He hasn't played with many quarterbacks that are very accurate. I mean, Josh Allen's inaccurate. Peter, you know, these guys weren't accurate. And Patrick can put it on him where maybe he can catch it more consistently. And then you're talking about him having a win against one-on-one coverage and ties out there. He's a talented guy. Let's see what he can bring. We held it together. We held it together. <laughs> Therese Baylor Show Live, Twin Peaks. We'll be out next week at Liberty. So come uh, hang out with us. You're part of town, yeah. so we'll have a good time. The Therese Paler Show. This has been the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs on 610 Sports Radio.